Welcome back, guys, to week nine of JWB's Squares, Scares, and Prayers. In this show, we calm your nerves on some studs that must be in your lineups. We challenge some questionable starters, and we offer some prayer flyers to help you with bye weeks or to fill that final flex. So any new listeners, I'm Skylar. That is Tim. This is JWB to any returning listeners. Y'all are the best. If you love fantasy football, please make sure that you subscribe. Our goal is 2,500 subscribers by the end of the season. Welcome. You're listening to JWB Fantasy Football. Thanks for listening. All right, and as always, we get started with our squares for the week. Now, our squares are players that might have some legitimate concerns around them and managers may feel they want to leave them out of their lineups this week, but we are here to tell you that you should stay the course and they are good to go in your lineup. So we're going to get things started here with Tim. Tim, what is a player that should be in lineups this week? Yeah, I'm going with Chuba Hubbard this week. He is running back 19, and I'm going to say he goes top 12 this week. I don't think that Miles Sanders is going to take away much volume. I understand that. Chuba is not going above 70%, but so he's in the 60s. But Miles Sanders only at 13% last week. And I honestly, I think the coaching staff starting to recognize or already does based on even the red zone usage. Now, I get it. Chuba didn't get in last week. He had two drives with multiple attempts, but that offensive line was not very good. So there's a couple of things that I'm looking at with the Colts that I think uh, are, are good reasons to start Chuba. So the last three games... I'm just going to give you some of the running back production, not all of it, but Kamara, 25 points, Hunt and Ford together, 29 and a half, ETN, 21 and a half points. And on the season, they're averaging 16 points per game. So they're nearly doubling their their allowance on running back points in the last three weeks because I haven't included anything rushing from Taysom Hill. I haven't talked about Jamal Jamal Williams or any of the other backs in those other other uh, team systems, as well as besides the Browns game, they're they're allowing more than five points a game receiving to running backs as well. And I think that that's a way in which Chuba can get involved. Now his receiving total this year has not been where we want it to be. It's been lower. The target's been lower, but I think that that this is a way in which the Panthers can recognize that they can attack this Colts defense because the Colts front is actually pretty good against the running back. They also don't allow a lot of yards after contact and um, they don't allow a lot of broken tackles. So for me, the opportunity for Chuba is going to be in the passing game, but also the volume of rushes. But I think that he gets in the end zone this week. And I can't say that I feel comfortable for, you know, 12 plus uh, running backs doing the same thing and being able to score enough points on top of that touchdown to be in competition for him in the top 12. So yes, I understand that uh, Miles Sanders is going to be back and he's probably going to have a little bit more of a workload, but I think Chuba is going to get those valuable touches and have some bigger plays in the receiving game and uh, give you a top 12 week. Yeah, I think this is probably one of the last weeks here. You can feel really, really confident in Chuba Hubbard. We'll see how Miles Sanders continues to get integrated. I think for Miles Sanders, who got uh, managers who got 20 targets his way in the first three weeks. If I had told you he'd have four in the, what, five weeks since you would feel terrible about that. They would have called you crazy. But Juba Hubbard really has done well in his time. You mentioned the inefficiencies last week, uh, but for, for the reasons that you mentioned now, he should still play over 60% of the snaps. And everything you mentioned in that matchup with the Colts, I mean, they have the eighth most recep uh, receptions versus running backs, the fifth most points fantasy points against, the second most rushing attempts against, and the most running back rushing touchdowns against. So to just backing up your claim there that this is a good matchup for running backs, and in a week where Chuba should still see 60-plus percent of the snaps, it's really hard to go against Chuba Hubbard this week despite that RB19 ranking. You might think he's a fringe play. I would agree that he should confidently be, be set into lineups this week. 
and I'm going to move over because I'm going to stay on this running back trade here. I'm going to go with Jerome Ford. I'm going to call him to play top 20. Is at RB24 in the ECR? So a little further back from Chuba, a little less confident of a play because I think his his split with Kareem Hunt is going to be no, more noticeable there than the split that Chuba Hubbard is getting with Miles Sanders. But Jerome Ford, the reason people might be concerned with him is, of course, the ankle injury. He was living on his first day of practice, but he says that he feels good and feels like he will have no limitations this week. He was the RB41 last week. He was surprising that he even played in that game. I think so. It shouldn't be a surprise that he finished at RB41. But people are going to see that finish. They're going to see the questionable tag next to his name, and they're going to look to go other ways. And in a week where there's a lot of bye weeks, uh, and there's a lot of injuries out there. I think Jerome Ford should be very confident play in your lineups here. He's been very clear the more af- efficient than Kareem Hunt, despite sharing about equal amounts of touches. Kareem Hunt's been propped up by his rushing touchdowns. Not that Jerome Ford isn't bad in the area as well. It's just the way that things have been splitting up. So in a week with many tough options, I think both of them are probably really safe RB2 uh, options there for you. Know, Arizona has allowed the third most fantasy points to running backs. Uh, they've allowed 100-plus yard games, multiple touchdown games, so they're no stranger to running backs absolutely eating against them. The Arizona Cardinals are a defense that I want to target every single week versus running backs. In the past, we did it with tight ends. It seemed like for three or four years, if you had a tight end against Arizona, you played them. Well, this year, I feel like that's how it's gone with running backs. Since early in the season, running backs have absolutely eight. We're coming off a week where Gus Edwards had a huge game, three rushing touchdowns. And as I mentioned, that's not the only time this season that they've had multiple touchdowns scored against them. So a bruiser like Jerome Ford should be salvating. Uh, I'm very confidently playing him. I have him in two or three spots, and I have to put him in my lineup. So for you guys who are questionable about it, and you might be leaning maybe like that Alexander Madison or you know players in, in that range, uh, or like a Damian Pierce, stay the course, Jerome Ford, confident, easily going over those guys. So I like him there as a top 20 play. Yeah, <clears throat> Jerome Ford was the guy I actually wanted to go with, but he was already claimed by by Skyler, and we're riding the train with Mike as well. So Damn. he's definitely a guy that JWB likes this week. Cleveland rankings against quarterbacks, wide receivers, quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends. First, second, first, first. I don't know, and I don't think that Clayton Toon, I, assuming that Kyler doesn't play, I don't think that Clayton Toon's going to come out, you know, guns a blazing. I think that Cleveland can do a lot to stop them on offense and just really play ball control. So the interesting part, Cleveland doesn't really force that many turnovers. They they actually have a terrible differential because they've given up the most uh, turnovers this year. So I think that once again, they're going to try to lean on the running backs because they don't want to, you know, give any life to this Arizona offense, especially with a different quarterback in there besides Dobbs, who's play, he played definitely above his head. So I, w- I wanted to even try to make an argument based on turnovers, but I don't think I can, but based on how I think this offense is going to run, the fact they're probably going to have very good field position throughout the day. They're going to lean on the running backs. There's got to be touchdowns in this game, and I think that they go to the running backs. Absolutely there with you. I don't always – we try to avoid Mike's play there, but Tim and I are kind of a philosophy because Tim gets – or because Mike gets to go the day before us is, well, if we're going to tail Mike's play, we have to be very confident in it. So I think you're gathering from the three of us all kind of mm-hmm. being on the Jerome Ford train that he is a safe play here for you guys. Now, as always, we get into a little accountability section. We want to review last week. We're going to try to keep it pushing through so we can get through – to the meat and potatoes of this recording for you. We had a 500 week last week, three and three on our picks, not our best week, but we will take it. We're sitting at 48% on the year. We're trying to get that up over 50. We're going to try to push closer to 60% by the end of the year. We hit 69% last year. Our hits last week, Tim told you, you got to stick the course on Devonta Smith. He was going to finish top 
12. He finished at wide receiver nine. Great call. Aaron Jones, we told you he was going to be outside the top 24. He finished at RB 35. You love to see that. And then Kendrick Bourne, one of the rare times with a prayer play, I felt very, very confident. I said he was going to finish top 36. He finished at wide receiver 32, and he did leave the whole quarter to go with an injury. So I felt like he was well on his way to hit that wide receiver two ceiling that we told you he had on the week. Unfortunately, he's out for the season, which you really do hate to see. Now, Christian Kirk was one of our misses. We said he was going to finish top 15. Everything on paper looked like he was going to smash. It just didn't turn out that way. Uh, in the future, I think you just stay the course. Christian Kirk as a player is going to be in your lineups at worst as a wide receiver three every single week, probably closer to that fringe wide receiver two more weeks than not. And then, uh, George Kittle was a player. Tim was trying to play that matchup. It just didn't work that way. He had a couple big plays there for him. He ended up finishing the week at tight end three. So that call did not hit. And then Rashi Rice as well. He did stay the course in terms of his usage. He did lead that team in terms of route run. So he's uh, trending in the correct way. And I think if you're a little desperate, wide receiver four, low end wide receiver four, you can still look towards Rashi Rice as a flex this week. You just have to temper expectations. He finishes a high wide receiver five. So he was right in that fringe wide receiver four last week, but the top 30 call there did not hit. Now, I don't have any questions for Tim on those players this week. I just want to keep things moving into our scare section. And for you guys who are new to us, the scares, these are players we're not telling you, you have to to bench them because that's ridiculous with all these bye weeks and injuries that we keep talking about. Sometimes you can't afford to bench these players, especially with certain running backs. The position is just so shallow. So don't hear what we're not saying. We're just questioning these plays. And if you have better or other options, I want you to go into the comments and let us know. We're going to tell you who should be playing, but these players you need to at worst uh, or at best temper your expectations here for them. So Tim, what player has you really, really scared this week? Yeah, we've given you two running backs to start. I'm going to go with one I think that you should consider sitting if you have better options, and that's Ramondre Stevenson. Now, I don't like to keep bang beating on a dead horse because I think Ramondre is a guy that in a different situation would be producing quite well. But the issue is, is that this offense is so bad. He, to me, feels like the most dependent, uh, touchdown dependent running back uh, in the top uh, probably 36. Uh, he really, it's it's interesting. The last three weeks he said target shares, in the passing game of six six targets, five receptions, six targets, six receptions, four targets, two receptions, and he hasn't um, on the season had more of more than three games of four uh, more or more yards per target. And so there's no upside in his in his receiving work. There's almost no upside in his rushing. His yards per average are, is pretty terrible. Only two touchdowns on the season, and he's peaking at 65% snap share since week week two when he had 73%. So everything's pretty much trending away from him. They had a smash matchup against Miami where they should have been putting up a ton of points. There should have been a ton of opportunities for them to go up and down the field, even just in the passing game. And he wasn't there. Uh, I don't think that against Washington, the matchup gets like better because there's not going to be as much demand for points. I think Bill's going to try to play a defensive game. So I just, I think that it's going to be that he would have to be super efficient and he hasn't proven that one week this year that he's efficient. So I'm going to definitely be leaning out of Stevenson very hard if I have other options. If not, I'm going to try to play the volume, but most likely he's not going to be in my lineup. Yeah, and for you managers who are getting really impatient on Ramondre Stevenson, even if he comes in and disappoints this week, like he has the last two weeks, I mean, running back, he finished there as running back uh, 38 and running back 19 in two matchups. We thought he would have crushed it at least as a top 18 play. You guys just have to be patient. I know you guys have trade deadlines coming up. I think stay through until at least for those hit week 11, week 12, because after Washington, I mean, Indianapolis Colts, we've talked about on the show today, that should be the get right week for him, especially if this offense just really can't get things going without Kendrick Bourne. Maybe if Devonta Parker's not there, he may end up being the player that they finally decide to use. And then coming out of their bye week from 11, they have the Giants. So I think those are the two weeks. If Ramondre Stevenson can't get things moving without 
any of their main offensive weapons against Indianapolis and the Giants. It's just probably going to end up a lost season there. But for you managers, you have to at least stay through those games. But this week, I agree with Tim. If you have other options, I would lean that way. Um, I think, you know, Jerome Ford, who we mentioned, is one where you could consider playing him over Reminder Stevenson. They're, they're kind of close options here. That's just a better matchup. But Chuba Hubbard, as we mentioned, is a better play. Gus Edwards is a better play this week. You know, and even a player like Daryl Henderson Jr., I think, can sneak in as a better play. So it just depends who you have. And those are a couple of names that are definitely out there in some of your leagues. I'm not counting on Marquise Hollywood Brown this week. I'm going to have him finishing outside the top 36. Now, you see, guys, in wide receiver 35. So it's not like the boldest call, but I do think he underperforms expectation. We're just really going against that that Arizona-Cleveland matchup here. I guess we're saying that Cleveland's just going to run all over Arizona and Arizona is just really going to struggle to get things going. As Tim mentioned, they have Clayton Doom coming in and that is the genesis of this call. It's nothing against Hollywood Brown as a player. I'm just finding it really hard to struggle or I'm finding it really hard to bank on a rookie quarterback, uh, getting a wide receiver to finish as a wide receiver three or better here in his first play there. You don't see that overlap particularly often and Cleveland is the third best defense to wide receivers. So in standard size leagues, it's just really tough for me to trust Hollywood Brown this week. I'd lean towards Josh Downs, Tank Dell, Gabriel Davis, Tower Lockett, Michael Thomas as comparable wide receivers that I probably prefer to play this week. Uh, I do like targeting Hollywood Brown if he struggles this week as a trade target for the following week because I do think he might finish the year as a weekly back on wide receiver two once Kyle Murray comes back to play. This just isn't the week for that. Uh, Highwood has played pretty well against man coverage and Cleveland runs the highest man to this point. But as I said, it's just it's a bet against Toon more than Hollywood. Cleveland overall limits wide receivers. They limit they limit scores. Um, so that if Hollywood is going to get in there, it's going to be through a score, and that's just something that teams really haven't done against Cleveland in the air. So that's just where I'm mainly leaning against this. If you are going to go towards the Arizona Cardinals offense, it's really just Trey McBride for me. If anyone, I wish we did get another week here where Trey McBride broke out, but then that quarterback Joshua Dobbs is no longer there. So we're going to have to see how he fares with the next guy. And then if he has chemistry with the next guy, we're going to have to wait and see how he does with the next guy. So it, it is a disappointing thing in terms of continuity there for Trey McBride, but I digress. Uh, I'm more confident with Howard Brown on my bench. Now I do understand some of you guys just can't afford that in which case he makes your lineup. But this is definitely one of those ones I want you to go down to the comments and let us know your other options because like the five guys I mentioned, there's just other names I prefer in that area. Yeah, I think uh, I think that Gabe Davis is a really interesting play this week, especially with, again, Cincinnati, where they should be uh, competing a little bit. I understand that I do like Cincinnati's defense a lot, and he might be a perfect pivot depending on if you're looking for ceiling or floor. I don't think that Clayton Toon has the element of surprise where teams don't have film on him because Cleveland is going to dictate. I just feel that way very strongly that, you know, it's not Gardner Mitchell, you know, finding ways to kind of dink and dunk underneath and then finally take a shot to Pittman for 75 yards. I don't think that that, that this is type that this is that type of game. I understand that Hollywood always has that chance and he has been getting the deep targets, but once again, it's a different quarterback. A lot of moving parts and a tough matchup might just be a time where you just navigate away. Um, once again, I love Hollywood, so if you're looking for an upside play, that might be it, but you also have to know the, the, the floor is very low. Always, guys, now the last section we have is the fun section, the hard one to hit on here. It's our prayers for the week. Now, prayers, these are guys who are maybe at the end of your bench or out there on your waiver wire that you can play in a pinch. You can feel good about it. So, Tim, what is a player that you are taking a prayer on and putting into lineups? Yeah, I'm going Hunter Henry. 
Uh, part of this is because of how bad Ramondre has been and that I understand that Henry has been kind of quiet after the first two weeks. Um, but I think that this matchup's really good. Washington is averaging a touchdown a week the last four weeks to tight ends, as well as in that same stretch, they are averaging 8.75 targets, 6.75 receptions, and 68.5 yards per game to the tight end. So to me, that's a very useful week. If you look at the averages, that's what? 19 20 points so i i don't think that's a bad a bad way to to run with it and i think that against like even if you look at miami against miami mackland 29 attempts so depending on how this game unfolds that number could be close to the same but once again as we saw how illegitimate right now Ramondre stevenson as is as an offensive target i think that looking back into hunter henry's uh, direction might be the right move. I have him as a top 12 tight end this week. He's tight end 15 on ranks. So he's not too far away from that. But I think that touchdowns will really dictate who finishes back end or, or even middle tight end ranks. And I think that this is a very good opportunity for Hunter Henry to do that. Now, we've had random point scores by Farrell Brown, and I'm not 100% sure why that is. Maybe they're really having a lot of attention on Henry, but I don't think they can do that all game and be successful. Um, Washington can't. So. Yeah, it's just been a really disappointing stretch here for Hunter Henry. I mean, he finishes the tight end one in week one, the tight end two in week two, and then he struggled to get even into the top half of tight end twos since that point. But Washington is an ideal matchup on paper there. And as we talked about with Kendrick Bourne going down, uh, the offense might just be struggling. And, you know, Hunter Henry is one of those guys who's been there and is a trusted target. So I don't I don't hate the call here, especially when you look at the tight ends, you'd be playing him over, right? If you're going to put him into your top 12, you're taking out David Njoku, you're taking out Luke Musgrave, you're taking out Jonu Smith, um, and you're taking out, you know, well, you would have taken out Chiga Conqua, who already played, all of which are guys who also have a 0-4. So if you're looking for a guy who can give you three to four points on a bad day, but definitely is in line to give you 10 to 12, I think Hunter Henry is is totally reasonable as a streamer this week. And Washington's stats against tight ends on the season is really warped because of them playing Zach Ertz really early in the season. I think it was week one, him having basically 29 yards. As well as when you play the Eagles, it's not always going to be a Dallas Goddard day because you have A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. So there's there's just a lot of uh, little key factors that really play into what they're averaging against tight ends on the season. And it's not really truly reflective of the type of defense they play against the tight end. I agree. Um, my prayer for the week, guys, is going to be Tank Dell. I'm going to say he's going to finish top 30. He currently has him at wide receiver 35. Now, he plays against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who are 24th versus wide receivers. I like both Nico Collins and Tank Dell to have a day. I actually have Nico Collins as wide receiver 16 currently on the week, and I could push him as high as probably wide receiver 14. So I do like this matchup for both of those guys. Uh, for Tank Dell here, he's seen nearly 20% of the team's targets and a quarter of their air yards uh, with a focus on Nico Collins, and rightfully so. This guy's been the one lick of consistency on that team i do like tank dell to get a little bit more involved this week now that he's fully healthy they're off the concussion and the issues he was having it as well after the catch which is where he will have the most success here against the Tampa Bay buccaneers and this is a matchup again i like him to have more than four targets hopefully a little bit action extra after the catch tampa bay has allowed wide receivers to catch 69 percent of their targets so i think he's going to be efficient on the day which could help land him as a fringe wide receiver three if this call misses it's not going to be by much uh, I think in a week where there's a lot of tough options, right? Maybe a Hollywood Brown, you don't want to take the chance. He gives you four points. I think Tank Dell's floor is going to be very, very safe this week. I think a bad week for Tank Dell is wide receiver 42. 
I think a good day here for Tank Dell is going to be wide receiver 24. So I think your range there in terms of what he can give you, it's just safe. It's a little bit more of a boring flex call, but I do have Tank Dell in two different lineups where I seemingly have like four or five guys on by, and Tank Dell just seems very, very safe as the guy I can plug in there, and I don't have to you know, worry about him giving me zero points. So the ceiling really would only come if he scores, which is probably unlikely. He's only seen one red zone target this season, which led to a score. Um, but I think just through the efficiency of the targets that he should be given today or this weekend, he should give you a pretty solid outing. Yeah. Just some interesting stuff about, I was, as I was doing some study this week, I, I, I looked a lot at turnover differential and uh, Tampa Bay's first, they're plus eight. With only four interceptions on the season uh, given up by their quarterback position, which would be Baker. But I think that that's pretty interesting that a team that's three and four with the best turnover differential in the league. I think that that speaks volumes to the actual quality of the team. And I'm wondering, uh, I think I'm very interested in seeing how this how this plays out the rest of the season as well as this week. Time of possession, because there's a lot of times when Baker does not have the ability to, to sustain drives. Um, we saw it last week against Buffalo. Like, really, they they scored quickly when they scored, even the week prior. was uh, very quick scores. And then basically garbage time at the end of the game. So I'm thinking that, that this is going to be kind of lopsided time of possession, as well as if we're talking turnovers, um, the Texans have one interception on the season by Stroud, which is lowest in the league. So you're kind of going against strength versus strength. And I think that the four interceptions by Baker is kind of low. So I think that we could see Houston have possessing the ball a lot in this game. And I think that actually really uh, contributes to positive stat lines for all of their offensive players. There we go. And guys, We've been trying to do the last few weeks, players we don't necessarily have the most conviction in, but we want to give a couple bonus little 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 tidbits here at the end. So, Tim, I see you got a name down here in our show sheet. What is a player that you want to give a little bonus shout-out to? Yeah, if he plays, I'm, I think Kenneth, Kenneth Walker's easily top 12, could even be uh, higher than that. And, and if he doesn't play, I think that Charbonnet could be pretty decent this week as well. So that's basically a backfield I have my eye on. Now, I don't want to really put my stamp on Charbonnet because – you know, he's been for me, I, I wasn't a, a huge believer with him coming into the league. I thought he would get a nice workload, which is how I thought he was, would sustain. But I think that Seattle's like the perfect offense for him because you will get goal line looks. It just depends on if he's going to be the back that's in or not. So if Walker's out, I, um, I'm pretty happy putting Charbonnet in my lineup. If Walker's in, I think Walker smashes. Yeah, I mean, Charbonnet, he did get a little bit of usage last week. I think it makes sense now that we found out what's been going on with Kenneth Walker. He logged a full practice, but, you know, on a Wednesday, Thursday, we'll have to see if that bows him playing the entire game. Um, I do like the call if he doesn't go. I think Zach Charbonnet, again, in a week where you're going to be struggling for a lot of running back options, probably does slide in as a top 24 option. So it's a fantastic call. I'll end. I'll just throw a couple tight ends out there because we did talk about Hunter Henry. If he's not there for you guys, a couple guys who, if they're out there in your wave wire, I think you can go in and you can flex. I mean, I think Taysom Hill, uh, Jake Ferguson, and Trey McBride have all three of them as top 10 plays this week. They're not the most exciting, as we mentioned with McBride. It really just depends if this offense does anything. Uh, I would like to think that the tight end would be the one player Clinton Dune can rely on, especially if he can't get the ball downfield to Hollywood Brown. Uh, Jake Ferguson just has a really smash line uh, matchup there against the Philadelphia Eagles. And then Taysom Hill, I mean, he's going up against a team that just gets annihilated on the ground, so it's not even so much how they do against tight ends. It could just be one where he replicates last week and he just carries the ball more than anyone uh, listed as a tight end should, and he crushes them on the ground, maybe gets in the end zone. So I think all three are pretty, like, as good as streamers can get, right? Obviously, none of them are absolutely smash plays, or else they'd be Travis Kelsey. 
But, you know, in terms of streaming options, I think there's a bunch of solid ones this week. So those are three more names I'd like to throw out there just alongside Tim's uh, prayer play. That does it for us here. Guys, if you enjoyed the show, please make sure that you subscribe. Um, we're trying to hit 2,500 subscribers by the end of the season. So every single one of you who does that is a legend. You help us so much. Uh, before we get out of here, I just want to plug a couple things that are in the description. You can find a link to our Clips catalog, which has a take on every single player. If we don't have it, you can jump in our Discord, which is also in there, and let us know. We will make a take for you, as well as in the Discord or my DMs. You can message me as many times as you want with a million different questions. 10,000 star sets if you want, and you can get that all with our Patreon. Starts at less than a dollar a week. Uh, all things JDB Fantasy Football, you can find just that JDB Fantasy Football on all platforms at JDB underscore FF on Twitter. The pin tweet has where you can find our full team, everything they have going on. Um, but that does it for us, and I will catch you guys next time.